0: Should I worry about the highs and the lows? Why should I worry about the highs and the lows? Why should I worry about the highs and the lows? The ups and the down. When by my face, I know my God is for anybody. He has around my knees. He is my eldest bad. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. I am singing Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. Give me a shot up, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. I'm singing Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Don't so tell me, why should I worry about the highs and the lows? Why should I worry about the highs and the lows? Why should I worry about the house in the lows? The ups and the downs, when by thinks face I know my God is more than He does need, he my El Shaddai, he always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh, he is my God. Jesus. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are mighty God. You are awesome, Jesus. There is none like you, O Lord. Hallelujah, 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 Lord Jesus. It's only a test you're going through. It's gonna be over real, real soon. soon. Keep the faith. Don't give up. On, it's only a test. It's only a test you're it's going through. through. It's gonna be over. It's gonna be over real soon. Real soon. Keep, the faith. Keep the faith. Don't give up. Don't give up let yes. Real soon. we Don't keep that, keep that Don't you give up Don't only Only attack only a test, only a only a test, It's only a test, yes, yes, only it only a test, it's only a test, it's only a test, only only a test, Are over. I'm going to dance till the victory comes. I'm going to claim all victories in Jesus' name. Through him, the battle is won. Although the walls are ten feet tall, I'm going to face him until they fall. I'm going to dance, all lovers come. Praise my Jesus to the walls around I know, I know the victory will be on my plate. I'm going to dance my troubles away. I'm all over the town I'm gonna pay my Jesus To the world. I know I know the victory beyond my face I'm gonna dance My troubles away I won't wait Till my troubles are over I'm gonna dance To the victory girl I'm gonna pay More than dreams of Jesus I'm gonna paint my Jesus for the walls I, I know the victory my face. I'm gonna dance my troubles away I'm gonna dance all over this I'm gonna my Jesus the walls I know. I know the victory beyond my face. I'm gonna dance my I am gonna dance my reach. I'm gonna dance my troubles away. I'm gonna dance. I'm gonna my Jesus to the I know. I my I'm gonna dance my troubles away. I'm gonna dance. I the Lord. I'm gonna praise my Jesus like never before. I'm gonna dance. the Lord. I'm gonna praise my Jesus never before. i Shout unto the Lord I'm gonna praise my Jesus Christ never before I'm gonna dance Shout unto the Lord I'm gonna praise my Jesus Christ never before Cause I know I know the victory of my praise. I'm gonna dance my troubles away I won't wait till my troubles are over To the world, I, know. I know the my praise. I'm gonna, gonna dance, dance my troubles away. away. I'm gonna dance all over, over the house. house. I'm gonna my to the world, I, know. I know the my praise. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna dance my troubles, my troubles away. away. I'm gonna dance shout unto the Lord. I'm gonna my Jesus like right I'm gonna dance shout. Unto the Lord, I'm gonna my Jesus like never before. I'm gonna dance, shout unto the Lord. I'm gonna praise my Jesus like never before. I'm gonna dance, shout unto the Lord. I'm gonna praise my Jesus like never before. I'm dance, child, I'm my never before. I know, I know, the victory beyond my faith. I'm gonna dance my troubles away.
1: Come on, let's worship him. Let his good presence touch your heart tonight. Holy, 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 I love you, Jesus. And I'm praising thy holy name. And I worship you, Lord. And I thank you for this great truth of the scriptures that you've entrusted your people with, oh Lord. I thank you, my King, my Savior, my God. Holy art thou, Lord. Mighty art thou, Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, praise the Lord. And everybody said, hallelujah. It's good to be right in God's house tonight, and I want to turn your attention to the Word of God. Let's begin with Matthew's account, Matthew chapter 26, first book of the New Testament, right towards the end. Matthew chapter 26, and verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood, of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. There is a great significance in the things that God has placed in His Word, and we don't ever want to diminish their importance. We want to be keenly aware, and we want to highly esteem Things that God places value on. And here we are at the just before the crucifixion. Jesus is about to give the body that is prepared to the cross. He's going to lay it down. He made it clear that uh, they were to do what we have just read and that He had them to do, that they were to do that as oft as they did it in remembrance of Him in remembrance of his death. Unfortunately, we live in a world where people are tolerant of so many things, so much violence on every hand, and wars and rumors of wars, cyclones, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, and on and on the list goes, the uh, homicides, many, many problems of violence throughout our land. In this world. And yet, when it comes to something that is significant and important, people want to shy away from it. They do not want to stay with what the chapter and verse brings to us. Many people do not want to take it as it is written in the Word of God. But God has a church. God has a church. And it's a mighty congregation. And they are made up of people who are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and who are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and that they partake of His Supper. And as often as it's done, it's done in remembrance of the fact that He was in a prepared body. The Spirit came in flesh. That body was prepared as a sacrifice. In His days of His earthly ministry, He did not lose sight of that. He knew that he was going to the cross any time, no matter how close the person was to him. If they in any way would try to deter him or turn him right or left, or rationalize or try to bring some little soft soap sermon to him, he would turn it aside. Even to the point that he told one, "Get behind me, Satan, for thou art a fence unto me. I have a job to do. I have a ministry to fulfill." There's a lost and dying world, and there is blood that needs to be shed. And I am, in other words, the Lamb of the Spirit, and I'm here to shed the blood of the Spirit. And it's going to be for the remission of sins for many, because where there's no shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Your Bible states that. I hope that we will never let the things of God Become some type of repulsive thing to us, and that we won't become so full of a, a fake and a phony and a plastic world that we will begin to set aside the things that God is highly esteemed. Rather, as the mighty congregation of the Lord, let us embrace the things that God said and teaches are important, and let us hold these things to us, as one writer said, having these uh, precious things, precious promises precious Word of God, things that are really valuable. Let us hold fast to these things. Let us guard them and keep them, and let us practice them, and let us not back up or turn in any way, in any direction, away from the keeping of the commandments of the Lord. What He has given us, these things are correct and true and right, and we in no way want to shrink back from them in some kind of uh, mollycoddled world, and begin to say that these things are offensive. Let me tell you something. The things of God, the things of the Spirit, are always going to offend the flesh. So when people start saying that's offensive and this is offensive and they are things are, that are chapter and verse in of God, then you better understand you're listening to somebody's flesh. Rise up and do the talking. And I'll tell you what, Jesus said, let me make something clear. You render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, but you render to the Spirit the things that belong to the Spirit. And we will not back up by God's grace. We will not shrink from practicing the things of God. We are going to stay with chapter and verse by His grace and according to the multitude of His mercies. We will be about the Spirit's business. And part of that business has to do with life. And you better remember your Bible teaches you that the blood is life. The blood is life. And the blood of Jesus Christ is what you want in your life. You get it there by being baptized in his name. Because the life is in his name. The blood is in his name. And you want that. And you don't want it to be. This is not a one shot deal. This is something you get and you keep on getting it. You keep on getting saved or renewed by the Holy Ghost. It's what delivers you day in and day out. Repenting and overcoming. Being freshly washed and freshly baptized in the Holy Ghost is what will keep you in this unbelieving world in which we find ourselves traveling through that we one time were a part of. But by His grace, He pulled us out of the crowd. And I hope that we will be willing in our serving, that we will not have to be compelled, but that we will be willing, serve Him with a willing heart. He pulled us out of so much darkness and horrible pit and the sin of this world that He allowed us to be washed in His precious blood. Let us take a moment and lift our hearts with our hands. Let us sing and worship and praise Him. Be thankful and appreciative. He shed the blood. He shed the blood. Talking about His blood is not offensive to me. And I trust it is not offensive to you. He shed that blood for you. Amen.
0: The blood that Jesus for me. On now. Come on now.
1: On Calvary. As often as you do it, in do it in remembrance of my death. That gives me I gave my life for you. I shed my blood for you. His name, and His name is Jesus, and the blood is in His name, life is in His name, and we praise the all-living God. We worship You, Jesus Christ. We're here tonight, oh Lord, to remember that You gave Your life and Your blood for us, and I thank You, Jesus Christ. Oh Lord God, I praise You, and I worship You, O oh King. may be seated. Mark chapter 14's account, And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and break it and gave to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine till that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Everybody said, praise the Lord. That is Mark's account. Luke's account, chapter 22 and verse 19. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And everybody said "Praise praise the Lord. Likewise also the cup after supper saying this cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. I'm turning to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now always remember Matthew, Mark, Luke and John are the four accounts of the one gospel. The one everlasting gospel. The unchangeable, unalterable gospel. And that when you come to the Book of Acts, man was out here the other day bringing the concrete, and he asked me if I was the guy on the radio, and I told him, "Yeah." And he said, "He said, yeah." He said, "I knew when I hear whenever I hear you, I know you're coming right out of Acts," and I'm like, "That's right," because <laughs> that's where, friend, it all points to, because that's where it actually happened. Every shadow and type that was pointing to this New Testament, this New Covenant, and and actually being the new covenant. It all began in the book of Acts right there where it actually came to pass. No longer is it a blueprint, but now we got the very thing that His Spirit was poured out for the first time for whosoever will, that every man, woman, boy, and girl, every great race and every nation, every country could come. The country boy said every stuff. Everybody could come and take freely of what was being offered by the almighty God whose name is Jesus Christ that name that is above every name that he possesses you better remember he wears all the hats and you stack up all the crowns when you get to the top you better remember that Jesus Christ is the name above every name and neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved and we must be saved. Amen. Amen. And so, when you get to that book of Acts, you read about how that Jesus gave birth to his church. He has given his flesh, he's laid down his flesh, that body of sacrifice, and died on the cross, giving up the spirit. And then, three days later, after he was buried, three days later, the spirit re entered that body and raised it up from the dead. And hence we have the death and the burial and the resurrection. And we come then as Jesus had foretold. And they begin to go as He told them after 40 days of infallible proofs. He gave them instructions and they went according to the Bible and they begin to gather together about 120 of them in the upper room of the church house. And they begin to praise and they begin to worship and bless and magnify and supplicate unto the Lord. And in so doing, then when the 50th day after the Passover was fully come, that is the day of ingathering of the first fruits of the harvest, your shadow and type, your pattern, your preview, your foreshowing, a figure of something, but not the very thing itself. Well, now it was time for the very thing, the very thing. And it wasn't the blood of bulls and goats anymore that could never take away sin, but it was the blood of the Lamb of the Spirit. That was shed not for some kind of natural harvest, but for the harvesting of souls that brand new people could come and that they could be baptized in the name above every name. And when Peter, freshly filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, answered the cry of a multitude of people from every known nation under heaven, and they said, What shall we do then? Peter, getting his sermon from the Holy Ghost, not from the Internet, but from the Holy Ghost, he plugged in to the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes sir. Thank God that that day took place and the Bible teaches that a church, the church that Jesus gave birth to, the body of believers brought out of darkness into marvelous light to show forth his praise unashamedly unabashedly that they went forth in the power of the might of the spirit and they began to reach people everywhere and they faced tremendous criticism and even times when they were beaten because of the name that they stood for the name that they preached everything that that name represented and in the face of much opposition and tribulation persecution, hard time, and sorrow, they continued to preach the name of Jesus and to fill their city with the doctrine, the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ, the fixed, firm beliefs that were given to them by Jesus Christ as he had trained them in the days of his earthly ministry. They took what he gave them and they brought it to everybody everywhere. They weren't going to leave a stone unturned, a house door unknocked. They were going to reach people everywhere and they did. It didn't matter what the denominations said and they didn't try to fit in with the denominations either. They didn't try to do it their way. They didn't want to speak their language. They didn't want their platitudes. They didn't want their little ways of phrases of things. They wanted to bring the word of the Lord and they brought the words of the Lord Jesus Christ to every man, woman, boy, and girl. And it didn't matter that they criticized them or beat them or belittled them and made fun of them. Remarked that they were unprofessional in the way. The flesh will always think that Holy Ghost, spiritual God inspired worship is unprofessional. They will always think that the way that Jesus Christ church does things is unprofessional and unlearned. But let me tell you the things that they put the stamp of approval on are the things that God turns his nose away from. God said there are things that these people do that are vain and they're without value and they're obsolete. But I've given to my church. I put it in trust. The God the message, the truth, and you and I have got to bring it to everybody. We got to demonstrate it. Paul said he was determined and he was going to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. We're here to remember his death tonight. While the focus will be on his death, we praise him for his burial and resurrection, victorious over death hell and the grave but we must remember without his death on the cross there would be no celebration of that resurrection and the infilling of his spirit that he purchased that gift of the Holy Ghost there would be not that had there not been Calvary's death he went up the old mountainside the place of the skull and that there he gave he laid down his life you might want to remember that nobody took it from him he laid it down He willingly gave his life on the cross. He made it clear to Mr. Uh, Governor of the land. He made it crystal clear right now. One word, one pop of my finger, one one wiggle of my eyebrow, one thought of it, and he said the Spirit will send legions of angels and that'll be the end of you thinking you got any power. But let me tell you, he saw the big picture. He said, I'm shedding my blood for many. I'm doing it for you and for many. Every sinner needs to be made aware that his blood is available to them. Simply need to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And you can have a full pardon because of the blood that's in his name. The life that's in his name. The blood of Jesus Christ is life. And everybody said hallelujah. Everybody said praise the Lord. So the book of Acts, the book of Acts is... uh, where the church was given birth to by Jesus and how the church went forth and did the work of the Lord. There is no amen at the end of the book of Acts because the church continues on till the first resurrection takes place, at which time he will catch his waiting bride away, the dead in Christ rising first, and those that are representing him that are alive and remaining and involved and doing his will will be caught up together with them in the end. How beautiful it would be, it will be, and how comforting these words should be to us. So, as we go on then, we hit the book of Romans. And when you start the book of Romans all the way through the book of Revelation, then you are looking at words that are inspired of God, chapter and verse, books that were inspired of God to be written to the church, to the church, to people who had just gotten this experience that the book of Acts so beautifully outlined and gave to us in examples and set precedents. And here the church then is being written to by the Spirit through the leadership and giving us chapter and verse and giving us deeper teaching about what we have received when we have received this oh so great salvation. Begins to expand upon it and expound it to us and help us so that we will be deprived of our ignorance, and we will know the mind of Christ on each and every subject, and that we will hold in high esteem and value the things that He places great value on. That's one reason why, ladies, we want to continue to observe the teachings about inward and outward holiness. That's why men, we want to continue to observe the teachings of inward and outward holiness because he places great value on that. He cleans up the inside of the cup and then that produces something beautiful and modest and holy on the outside. If something good is changing on the inside and there's going to be a manifestation of that on the outside that is equally good and clean and holy from the Lord we, our God looks at that and said that's something of great value if God values it how much more should we after all we got nothing to hide right we're not going to take this and shove it under a bushel basket and kick it under the bed or under the bus we're not going to do that we're going to let that light shine they sing, you know, we like it when the little kids sing this little light of mine, but we like to remind them as they get a little older that's a it's a great light of mine. It's not such a little light, it's a great light. It's a big light. It's it's a light above all lights. And everybody said, Amen. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. It's a light that's brighter than the noonday sun. It's a light that the city will will have that will not need the light of the sun, S U N but it will have the light of our great eternal God. Hear me about this light that can illuminate your mind. That's what the word in the book of Hebrews is. After that ye were illuminated. You notice he said, after that ye were. He's writing to the church. He's writing to people that are born again of water and of the Spirit. They've been baptized in Jesus' name, born again of water. They've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, born again of the Spirit. And we're not going to shrink back from that message. We're not going to shrink back from the teachings of the Word of God by His grace. And by his mercy, we are going to go forward. We are going to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of the Spirit, which is in the church. Amen. I don't want to be like the 380 plus and turned away from Jesus Christ and his words and went in some other direction to do their own thing. I want to be with about 120 that said, I'm going down to that upper room, and I'm going to do just what he said, and I'm going to revel in it. I'm going to rejoice in it. I'm going to be so glad to be doing what he said to do and how he said to do it. Yes, sir. And it's because of people like that that we're here tonight. People who persevered, no matter if they got sawn asunder, no matter if they had to hide out in dens and mountains and caves, they still persevered. They still lived for Him. They still held on to the chapter and the verse, if you please, to the way of the Lord, the way of righteousness, stayed on the path of righteousness. They let the light of His countenance light the way for them. The Word of God being that lamp and that light so you'd know what direction to go, especially when the darkness is trying to close in. And we're living in a world that is not only dark, but it has a gross darkness to it. People are getting hard and calloused, and I have no negativity for you, just fact, hard and calloused by philosophies, rudiments of the world, carnal spirits legions of devils from every angle and everywhere and coming up with every kind of invention. Same old serpent, same old spirit, same old devil, but he's got a whole lot of different inventions to work through. And he has all this time to get men's minds thinking like he wants them to think. And looking at the things of God and saying that's madness. That when you would leap and shout and rejoice and get excited and lift your hearts with your hands and cry out to the Lord and exclaim and extol and praise his holy name they would look at that with distaste written all over their face but they'd go to a ball game and they'd do the same thing to some drug addict running up and down the street Let me up and down the field let me tell you something and this world will rejoice over their songs and the words that they use in their songs well I'm going to tell you what I'm no longer of this world I may be in this world but I'm not of their spirit anymore God delivered me when I got the Holy Ghost and I was baptized in the name of Jesus and now I'm a part of his body. Amen. Amen. Bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And I thank him for it. Thank him for it. So as we go into Romans to Revelation, as I stated, you are reading then teachings to the church that the Holy Ghost inspired holy men of old to put to pen. And all scripture Is given by the inspiration of God. Somebody said that you just, you just, you don't have to get the Holy Ghost. You just have to live a good life and show the fruit of the Spirit. And somebody said, and how do you get the fruit of the Spirit without the Spirit? They said the person started backing up. (laughs) I'll back him up all right. (laughs) What did did the devil say? Don't cast me in the abyss. I'm going to back you up. We'll send you right to the place where that that kind of thinking is coming from, and what and it said that in the Bible. Deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit might be saved in that day. We have to look at the big picture here, and no, I, I told uh, I'm gonna tell you how I feel about it. There's a lot of I want everybody to go to heaven. I just want some of them to hurry up and do it now. I can show you in the Bible where it said, when shall they die? Now, wouldn't you rather me be be preaching and praying something more positive for you? You know, that, that I wouldn't have to feel that you were some kind of obstacle, you know, and some kind of hindrance. Let us lift up our eyes. And let us look on the great, big, beautiful harvest and let us realize that we're in a building program because there are billions of people that are lost and there's a whole bunch of them right around here and we're trying to preach Jesus Christ where he's never been preached before. You say, how can that be? Oh, it's easy because there's a lot of people that are talking about him. Yes, but the Bible said that Jesus is going to say, I don't know you. I don't, you don't know me and I don't know you. But look, if you'd like to change that and make a relationship here. I'm ready to give you my truth. And we're trying to name him in truth to everybody everywhere so that what they do is not vain and obsolete, but it will have eternal purpose and value. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. And, of course, the old milksop thinking Oh, you're so mean and you're so harsh and, and, oh, you have a chip on your shoulder and you're condemning and yada, 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 yada. I'm telling you, the only way that a person feels like that is when they're in the flesh. When they're walking in the flesh, when they're thinking with a carnal mind that is, the Bible said, the enemy of God. When you get in the Holy Ghost, you don't shrink back from shouting and rejoicing, and you don't want to shove it in a closet somewhere. You want it out there where everybody can see it. What you think is going to get people's attention, it's going to be the move of the Holy Ghost. It's going to be people with their hands and their hearts raised heavenward, and they're praising and worshiping. We need the move of His Spirit. We don't need a program We don't need somebody's little carnal thinking. We we don't need sophistication. We need the Holy Ghost and fire. That's what casts out the devil. That's what puts them on the run. One God preaching makes the devil tremble. Oh, we love everybody. But you better remember something. We love Him above everybody, and we have to be true to Him. We have to be true to the truth, and we want to present it. Yes, we want to present it. We go door to door. We teach home Bible studies. We teach Bible study here in the church house. We're witnessing to people, talking to people, and we often put up with a lot of things they say. We tolerate all kinds of things on attempt to get them the message of truth, to bring them to waters where they after repenting can be baptized in Jesus' name, and where we can bring them to a place of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost from the second they come out of the water of baptism. From then on, eligible and ready, we pray, getting their hearts in that place where they will have faith to believe Him for the free gift of the Holy Ghost, which is the gift of God, which is the gift of grace, which is the gift of eternal life, which is the comforter and the spirit of truth coming into a believing heart that has been made right by God. And so, yes, we have no nothing. We don't go about condemning, but you know what? When you preach truth, flesh and the enemy is going to rise up and feel condemned they're going to feel convicted that's just the natural reaction to the action of the book of Acts if you please to the action of the movement of the Holy Ghost You want to let this, don't worry about people that get mad, glad, or sad. You just live this life, preach this message, witness this message, and worship him as he said you must in spirit and in truth. We're not going to sit on our hands, and we're not going to be pew potatoes, and we're not going to try to shove this off somewhere. We're going to manifest his glory, his grace, and his love. And when those blind eyes pop open, and those cancers drop off, and they have, and I thank him, when the dead are raised and they have and I thank him I thank him for what my eyes have seen I thank him for what my ears have heard I thank him for what I have experienced in the Holy Ghost and want to continue to experience Amen and everybody said praise the Lord let's give God another big hand Hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you thank you thank you Jesus all right can be seated. We're in the book of 1 Corinthians, and as I said, this is a letter, an epistle, a message, if you please, a message written to the church, to the body of Christ. And in preparation for taking the Lord's Supper tonight, I'd like to read what Paul was inspired to teach the church. Now, the first 15 verses of the book of 1 Corinthians Chapter 11 is where there is a tremendous amount of teaching that is very often ignored by people and uh, tried to explain away by other people. But, you know, we're going to believe the book. By His grace, we're going to continue to believe the Word of God. We're not going to all of a sudden wake up in the morning and throw it out and decide that it ho-hum, it doesn't really mean what it says or You know, that's really something way out and fanatical and blah, blah, blah. You know, the book is the book. Subject matter is subject matter. Chapter and verse is chapter and verse. And we must submit ourselves to him. And he knows what he's doing. And there are good, solid reasons behind all of the teaching that you read from Romans to Revelation. Good, solid reasons for things. Okay. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, as I said, those first 15 verses and even the verse 16 made it clear that this was acceptable teaching and this is what the church knew and had received of the Lord and of His Spirit, in other words, and that uh, anybody that didn't go along with this, well, hey, (laughs) they're just not a part because they choose not to be a part, and we don't know any other way, okay, and a, a lot of it had to do with authority and the proper Uh, arrangement of things as they should be in, in the situation that God looks at and says this is how I want it to be under the best conditions. Are there times when there's not a husband around? Yes. Or are there times when there's not a wife in the picture? Yes. Okay, that's all good and true. But here he's just outlining it in the family way and all under the proper headship or authority. And he goes in, of course, to teaching about the ladies and certain things connected with them. And I could go into that right now, but it's a little off the subject for tonight. But uh, I do believe it, and we certainly want our ladies to continue to practice it. And uh, I often tell some of our ladies, I love your pretty hats. Just leave alone what's under the hat. Don't mess with what's under the hat, okay? Because you know a lot of people in this world have their religion. They mess with what's under the hat, and the hat is to hide that. Okay? And they want to somehow to tell us that the hat is what we're supposed to be doing. And the Bible does not say here anything about a hat or a piece of cloth. You know, somebody got so way out on it, they said if you're in a restaurant and you don't have a hat, that you either take your paper napkin and put it over your head or grab the curtain if there's one and put that over your head when you bless your food. That is nowhere in the Bible. That is utter nonsense. That is somebody doing their thing while they set aside the commandment of the Lord. You don't want to hold to your made-up tradition. You want to hold to the chapter and the verse. So God said, ladies, I'm giving you your hair for your glory. So you be thankful about it. And don't let a spirit in there that gets you to complaining. Matter of fact, don't let a spirit get in there complaining about anything. Because once he gets his foot on the door and that complaining, is just going to grow. And once you run them little scissors through there, no matter what you want to call it, a trim or whatever, it won't stop at that little bit. It will keep on and keep on and keep on. And what's behind it is a spirit of rebellion against authority. So let's just stay with the book, and we're going to be happy, and I'm going to move on, okay? All right, because we are here for the remembering his death tonight. So as we uh, come to verse 17, Now in this that I declare unto you, in other words, he's introducing another subject, I praise you not that she come together not for the better but for the worse, which is exactly opposite of what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to come together where everybody comes in and you leave here better than you were when you came. You want things, are gathering together to be for the better. And everybody said amen. amen? All right. He said, for first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies or different points of view from God's point of view. That's what a heresy is. A heresy and a person who does it is the heretic okay and so he's saying here that these people that get involved with divisions he calls them heresies these divisions or the cause of these divisions among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you in other words it comes down to uh, a showing a culling too. that that people begin to show their spirit they begin to show their strife they can hide it just so long but it's eventually going to come and surface okay and so he said that that was done so we could find out who's approved and who's not. Remember, Jesus did teach them that they would take in the net and it would be full of fish, and then the pastor would have the job and the responsibility of separating the good from the bad, that there would be both of them in that net, okay? So you don't get involved with doing that. You don't get involved with doing my job pastoring. You don't get involved in trying to tell people what to do other than Acts 2.38. And everybody said, Amen. You go out there as you're supposed to, and you try to win people and bring them to church where we can get them this experience and train them up. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, then. So he said, when you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper. In other words, it had degenerated into a dinner on the grounds. (laughs) And then it got worse because everybody didn't have their din-din. Some people didn't have. And so then it became a problem among them. And he was trying to say, that's not what you're doing. You're not coming together for the right reason. You're supposed to be coming together to remember his death. Okay? It's not to degenerate into some kind of Dinner on the Grounds Fellowship Party here, okay? So he wanted them to keep the, know what the main thing is and keep the main thing the main thing. You can't keep the main thing the main thing unless you know what the main thing is. And in this particular subject matter, it was about coming together to celebrate the Lord's death, to remember it, okay? The fact that he died on the cross, that he shed the blood, that he gave his flesh, as a body of sacrifice that was prepared for just such a purpose, and that He did it so that you might be saved. All right, everybody said Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And of course, He said, "One is hungry, another is drunken." And uh, sure, people were bringing stuff they didn't need to be bringing and involving themselves with things they didn't need to be involved with. And gradually, as time went on, there was a a uh, moving away from things that they realized uh, that you know. Wine is one thing, but then there's that other kind of wine, the wine that can make you drunk. And we have to realize that there was a a, a tremendous amount of change that needed to be taken place, particularly from the time and era in which they lived. And there had to be a moving away from an alcoholic-laden wine that was going to cause people to get drunk because the Scripture began to teach, Old and New Testament, Uh, About abstaining from that, getting away from that, not be given over to that. And we know that a spirit looks to get into a thing. A spirit wants to get into it. No one man in particular, there are many cases, but one that I'm thinking of, and he was a a tremendous and powerful preacher, and the Lord used him. But he got got a little flighty. He got a little high-minded. Maybe he got a lot high-minded. And he began to dabble into things and think that he was above it. He got complacent, or in other words, he felt like, uh, you know, what did it say? He that thinketh he standeth, let him take heed lest he fall. Got overconfident with things, and he started drinking just one glass of wine. But it didn't stop at one glass of alcoholic-laden wine. It went on to two and three, and then the bottle. And then he came to church one night drunk, heading for the pulpit. Okay? So... Uh, what happened to him? Well, he lost his Holy Ghost mind is what happened to him. And that's a terrible and sad thing for any to happen to anybody. We don't want to lose anybody. We want to reap the harvest. But there's always going to be these manifestations that will show who is approved as opposed to who is not. All right? So let us be humble. Let us be humble. And let us, as he gave his life on the cross and died for sin, let us remember that every day we want to die to sin. That's why the apostle was inspired to say he protested at some people's rejoicing. They were so immature and so silly and the way they acted. He said, I die daily. Does that mean you can't laugh? Certainly not. That's the kind of medicine I recommend because the Bible recommends it. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. That's the, sometimes all people I, we've had services where, where there was a holy laugh. Is it every service? No. That's the problem with some people. God does something and they think then from then on it's going it's supposed to be every service every 24-7, 365 and a quarter. And that's ridiculous. I tell you all the time, as far as I'm concerned, my wife is the greatest cook in the world, especially in the Italian realm. and I love that lasagna and Miguel loves the stuffed shells and he don't keep his hand out of them to get them. But anyway, kidding, kidding, kidding. But anyway, I do know he hoarded it one night, and he didn't let anybody get near. And I didn't blame him because they don't come around too often. I think Brother Weekly was openly weeping that he didn't get any that night. But anyway, nonetheless, you know, we all that have partaken of that, we love that, and it's great. But if we had it every night, it would lose its good effect. And God knows how to balance things. Brother Weekly mentioned uh, the Rocky Mountain goat and how he has a grip. Well, he also has tremendous balance. God is big on balance. All right, everybody said, praise the Lord. And you just better remember that there's people been popping up for, for millenniums now, and there's going to be people continue to pop up to come up with some very weird thing that is out of balance and away from Scripture or the twisting and perverting of Scripture so that they can draw away disciples after themselves. Their motives are wrong. In the end thereof, Jesus said, well, blind, blind person, and he's leading the blind, he said, you leave them alone, and they'll both fall into the ditch. You get going about out there about harvesting. Do the job. and It's going to be made manifest about those that are not to be among us, okay? God takes care of that. That's his business. He knows how to do it. In the meantime, I'm going to work with those who will work with God and me. And as we work with the Lord together in a harmony and a spirit of cooperation, then we realize that we have a job to do. As Brother Weekly stated tonight in, in so many words, you can't take this with you. You can't take it. You, you, just, you can't carry out your suit, your favorite suit. I've known of people and read in, in articles in the paper or magazines about people who got buried in their favorite 1957 Cadillac or something. You know, I mean, people are really, really way off on some of the ideas that they have. And I always envision in my mind that those same people unfortunately winding up in the wrong place, that their damnation is greater because of something just like that, and realizing how vain it was, and how they trusted in that, and put their faith in that, and their belief in that, and their joy in that, and it was worthless and useless. And they ignored and looked down on what was right, and they passed by that and said, oh, no, I got a barn to rip down and build me a bigger one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this and going to have that and have the other. Let me tell you something. You better get yourself a responsible reason for the things that you do. And you better realize that what God trusts you with, he wants you to use it for that responsibility of his kingdom. He didn't just give it to you because you're somebody special. He gave it to you because he gave you the Holy Ghost and he's looking to train you up and raise you up and stabilize you and be able to trust you with what He places in your life. He didn't give it to you to go dig a hole in the earth and wrap it up and bury it. It's nothing but a ducking of responsibility. Oh, God gave me this talent. God trusted me with this and God blessed me with that. But all I can do is think about what I can do with it here. Let me wrap it up. Let me hide it. Let me dig a hole in the earth, invest in the earth, in the world, the natural. You know. Okay? I'm very glad for how it is in our country up to this point that God has blessed us, church family, that everything we give to the Lord is a tax deduction. That's a wonderful thing. We are enjoying it while we have it. But I'm going to tell you right now, they take away that benefit. It's not going to stop me from honoring the Lord okay it's not going to stop me from honoring the Lord and, and you know we have uh, when they do your taxes they're going to tell you to say well you need to give at least this much if you want to get a deduction I hope to exceed that I hope to exceed that I'm not doing what I'm doing just for the tax benefit I want to do what I do for God for his kingdom and for his glory and I mean and I practice what I'm saying and you can get a little stiff on that and unenthusiastic about that, and you can find yourself not so blessed. Amen. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. I know, getting a little off subject. Let me refocus. Let me come back here. Okay? It's just so good, all of it, and it just hmm, has a tendency. So God knows what we need, when we need it, in every service knows what to manifest, and one man, he when they brought Jesus to him, he wanted to see some miracle. He wanted to see him perform something, and of course, Jesus didn't give him the time of day. And I want you to understand, I don't come to church just to see God do something. I'm thrilled when he does. I'm thrilled when he does, but my motivation needs to be purer than that. I need to come to church to worship him. I need to come to praise him for what he's already done. He gave his life on Calvary. He shed the blood for me. He did so many good, great, and wonderful things already. Even the fact that he would be mindful of little old me. Okay? so i don't i don't need god to to put on some kind of performance and some kind of show he is not ringling brothers barnum and bailey circus here you know that is not what god is though some people would like to turn the church into that and they want their 15 minutes of show out time but that's not what the Bible teaches and that's far from what we are to practice in the house of the Lord our manner of of worship is far away from the way the world does it and the devil inspires it we're not here for fleshly display we're here to worship God in spirit and in truth and particularly tonight we're here to remember that he gave his life on the cross So in teaching here, he began to make them realize why they were coming together and refocus and redirect their energies and their efforts here that were getting very much off course. And so he told them uh, that they, uh, in telling them, you have a place to eat your supper. That's at home. And he said, you wind up despising the church, and we don't want to do that. And we bring shame to other people. We don't ever want to make people ashamed. Right, Angie? We want to make people feel welcome here, right? All the little girls said yes. We're not going to view our new visitors as some kind of threat. We're here to make them feel welcome. We are not the first church of the refrigerator, okay? We want to give people a warm welcome. We want to shake their hand. We want to, we want to tell, we want to, if we have to give them our special seat, then we're going to give it to them. And if you got to stand, be thankful. That's a good problem. That's why we're building a bigger sanctuary and Sunday school rooms. That's a good problem. Thank you, Jesus, for Holy Ghost growth. Thank you for adding to the church according to your will and your purpose. Not about numbers. Not about finance. But it's about the harvest. Thank you, Jesus. Let our motives be pure here, Lord. Our motives be right. As the brother said, we're not perfect, but we're striving towards completion here. We're trying to grow up in the, into Him who is the head of all things. Amen. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Be seated. The Lord bless you. So, he goes on to teach that he said, well, and of course he told them in these things they were doing, he said, I praise you not. But then he said in verse 23, for I have received of the Lord, and that's where we want to get it from, chapter and verse, the word of the Lord subject matter for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread well we've just read those accounts haven't we and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the New Testament in my blood this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread, Paul was inspired to say, and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So he says, But let a man, he's saying the answer to that is, and that's a human, any man or woman, boy or girl. He used the term man as a general way, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread. He's telling you to do it, but he's telling you before you do it, you want to have a good talk with the Lord, (laughs) okay? And in other words, don't just do it in a nonchalant, ho-hum manner, treating it as it's unimportant, but that you realize it has great significance and weight attached to it, okay? so. He went on to say, So let him eat that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, he says again, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Verse 30, For this cause, when people just do it slipshod, and when pe- you know what? How come everybody does goes out and comes back with one finger? How about two? Or does that mean one God? What does that mean? I don't know. I'm not sure. But all I'm going to ask you is try hard not to go out but I know sometimes you have to. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. He said, for if we would judge ourselves, if we take care of business, if we would get in that prayer room, and if we would talk to God, and we would cough it up, and we would realize that the the New Testament formula for people who are born again of water and spirit, the underlying principle is always sincerity, and as in in a sincere manner, if we confess and he, our sins to him, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, okay? Can't take you back to the water and baptize you every other day or every other week or every other month, right? In the old days when they would baptize you out in the creek or the crick, depending where you were from, and, uh, and sometimes they had to break the ice to do it. Imagine that, and I got people saying it's cold and we got a heater in there. Wow, think about that, breaking the ice and going down into that water. And the preacher going down in the water with them. And uh, so one preacher said, if we had to baptize them every time they did something wrong, he said, we'd keep the creek mighty muddy, you'd be stirring it up a whole lot, wouldn't you? So it uh, be like a whole bunch of cattle just going through there or something. So that is not the teaching of the Lord. The teaching of the Lord is when you come to him, it is time that is your beginning. It's the first principles of the doctrine of Christ are applied to you. You repent and we're going to baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the full pardon or remission of your sins, and then you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And from there on, you're going to have no more conscience of sin. Isn't that something? That he's going to wipe out your past, and you are delivered from all of those things, and that's wiped out of your, and you get this brand-new innocence uh, being born again. You get this second chance. You get to start over, and you get power in the Holy Ghost to live above the sin, victorious over that, keeping the enemy under your feet. Should you slip, should you stumble, should you fall, should you say it wrong, think it wrong, or do it wrong, or act it wrong, that you can realize that he is faithful and he is just to forgive you of that if you will confess it in repentance to him and go on and overcome Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Lord. All right. So it is important then to have that talk with him so that that can be taken care of. You can judge yourself. You can get it taken care of now and not be judged later with a lost and dying world. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. The Lord knows how to train us and to teach us and, if necessary, to spank us and hopefully not to scourge us. I hope we don't go that far that we should not be condemned with the world. We want to take care of it. I think that was preached just recently about getting that taken care of and sent on ahead of time. we got nothing to hide. We're taking care of that business, and we're taking care of it the Bible way, the chapter and verse way. So he said, Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if there's anything else like hunger or whatever, he said, You take care of that home. Okay? And I noticed he said home. He didn't say I was going to say McDonald's. Okay. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said Hallelujah. Well, I just want you to be in health and prosper. You can't blame me for that. That's in the Bible. Let's stand together, Miguel and Eddie, and we're going to get ready here now to partake of the Lord's supper tonight. And as we tomorrow night, we will have prayer meeting and washing of feet. Our ladies will be upstairs. Our men will be downstairs. And uh, it's really been good for Sister Ann because she said that she was ready last week, so she kept her feet clean all week. It's been a big week for her. Her feet are so happy. All right. But really, I thought about how they walked in the dust in their sandals, so I guess it was really something, you know, when Jesus washed their feet. Think about that. All right. And, uh, maybe you want to go to the office and continue to help senior sister fellow gentlemen as we uh, get ready here to partake. And uh, it is a it is a sobering thing and it is a, a something that you uh, give some depth of thought to and, and realize how wonderful it is that he gave his life for you. He took your place and he took the curse away of sin and he nailed everything to his cross and he broke down the middle wall of partition. He did so many things for us and this is supposed to help us to keep that in remembrance. Mm-hmm. We don't want to forget The teachings of the Lord. We don't want to let them fall by the wayside or become devalued in our mind. uh, Diminished in our lives. We want these things to be of great value. Okay? There are stocks tonight that one day were worth a lot of money and today they're worth nothing. But you know what? The things of the Lord, they never lose their value. They're always going to be the value that they are. Priceless. It's just what they become to you. You've got to keep them. That way, in your life, you've got in your mind, in your heart, you've got to consider that these things are of great value. These things are priceless. All right. Suppose we—I will lead you in a prayer. Give you a chance here to make another prayer of repentance, asking God not to let there be one little thing, and asking Him to truly deliver you, move it out of your life and your heart and your mind and your thinking, and give you great victory and help you to order your steps and your thoughts correctly, that the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart would be acceptable in his sight, that we could find a a dedication, as was mentioned tonight, and a consecration that we could go from this service tonight and, and be more obedient and be more submissive, be more humble, and be more clear in our thinking about what it's all about. All right? Let's take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands. Jesus Christ, we come before you humbly. We know that we are in this body of flesh and that in it dwells no good thing. And we ask you to help us tonight to pray a prayer of repentance that we might partake in a worthy manner because of your blood and because of your Holy Spirit, because of the greatness of your plan and your multitude of mercies and love that is new to us every morning. I thank you, Jesus Christ, for your long-suffering and your patience with us. I thank you for making us a part of the body of Christ and allowing us, dear God, to get everything confessed and out and before you to be taken care of now. I thank you, dear God. I thank you for your precious blood, Jesus. Forgive us, I pray, of every errant thought and word and deed and action, everything, Lord, every secret sin. Forgive us, O Heavenly Father. Wash us, wash us in your holy blood. Cleanse us by your Holy Spirit. Create in us a clean heart. Renew within us a right spirit. Restore unto us the joy of thy salvation. Help us, dear Heavenly Father. We realize, O Lord, our downfalls and all of our mistakes before you. We come not to hide anything, Lord, but to make it open before thy presence and thy throne. And, O Lord God, that you would take it away and remember it no more. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving that flesh, that body prepared as sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for shedding the blood for each and every one of us, dear Heavenly Father. We believe it, O Lord. Our faith is in this, O Lord. And we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for allowing us to be a part of the body of Christ and to be in the light, the marvelous light, that we might show forth the praises of you, dear Lord, who has called us out of that horrible darkness and that horrible pit. I thank you, my most heavenly God. I thank you, Jesus Christ, this night for the opportunity to remember your death. In Jesus' great name we pray, and everybody said amen. All right, so you said Phil's going to come, and we're going to uh, have our ladies come on this side, up close, and then our men on this side. help everybody to partake. Brother Williams, if you want to come down here, and Sister Williams, we'll let you off the piano for a little bit and help Senior Sister Felb, and uh, you will have a opportunity to take a piece of unleavened bread that represents the body of Christ, and you will have an opportunity to have some partake of a small little sip of wine to remember that he shed his blood for your sins. For the sin of the world, okay? All right.